Hello and welcome to this audio recording for the weekly research roundup, research published between the 8th and 14th of November 2022. I'm Katrina Pears, the research correspondent for the ME Association. There have been only four new ME-CFS studies, but 18 studies on long COVID this week. It's been a particularly busy week for long COVID research, with two of the papers in the ME-CFS reference section focusing on ME-CFS that has developed from a COVID-19 infection, which is paper one and paper two, where the participants in these studies fulfil the diagnostic criteria. Therefore, these papers are of a slightly different nature as there is a known cause but shows the increasing recognition for the similarities between ME-CFS and long COVID. There is a lack of biological research this week for ME-CFS, which is not a result of a COVID-19 infection. These, however, are the two studies which we have highlighted this week. Paper 3 looks at the recovery story, partially or fully recovered, of 13 young women who have become severely ill in childhood or adolescence in Norway. This study focused on the storytelling of their journeys, particularly how the story was told and structured. Of the participants that were interviewed for this study, 8 out of 13 considered themselves completely recovered. The other 5 considered themselves much better, with all describing the need for structure and routine in their lives, such as for sleep and eating, than that was needed prior to illness. While it is reassuring and excellent for those who have recovered and told their stories for this research, I do wonder what percentage of those who became ill in childhood or adolescence this really represents, and I do wonder what the true percentage recovery is for this group. Furthermore, resting and pacing is spoken about by the authors as a new approach, and is not something that was ingrained into everyday life throughout the whole journey of ME-CFS. Lastly, it is great to see ME-CFS stories being disseminated, but I'm not sure it's a good use of an academic journal, where the stories are rigorously analysed, such as comparing the stories between Cordelia and Helda, such as Helda is a partially recovered and her story was commented to be appears to be somewhat unfinished and chaotic when compared with Cordelia's account. This study might simply just be a way of researchers increasing their paper numbers. Therefore, this is not added to a greater new understanding of ME-CFS. Paper 4 looks at the different symptoms experienced between black and white ME-CFS patients. This is the first specific study directly looking into ethnic differences in ME-CFS and definitely a worthwhile study due to the lack of research in this field. The study used 19 black patients diagnosed with ME-CFS and compared them with white patients, and also to healthy controls. Unsurprisingly, ME-CFS patients were seen to be significantly different from controls, but there were also few differences between patients who were identified as black or white which is surprising as previous studies have shown fatigue scores to be higher in black ethnicities. The findings pointed to black patients being more impacted by their symptoms, but the only one symptom studied that was found to be significantly different and that was chest pain. 
Despite the huge importance of this study, it's hard to conclude much as it was very small and we do not know how the different ethnicities are represented in the ethnic groups. Furthermore, some participants used had self-reported diagnosis. I feel that this study could have addressed more as the full paper is only six pages long and used only previous data collected by other research studies done at DePaul University where the researchers are based. This study unfortunately leaves a lot of unanswered questions, such as how ethnic groups vary in their susceptibility, obtaining a diagnosis, access to support and services, ability to effectively pace in different communities, prognosis and treatment. Furthermore, answers to these questions probably vary greatly over a global scale and which country the study is conducted in. I would hope that the Decode ME study could shed more light as well as answering some more of the questions, particularly where the prevalence in these ethnic groups is higher or lower compared to the general population, as well as the potential genes involved and environmental factors. However, I feel this group will still be underrepresented. You may also be interested in reading paper one in this roundup, which is on the use of transucaneous vagus nerve stimulation to treat long COVID chronic fatigue syndrome. While this was a very small pilot study with no control group, a positive result was found with further investigation warranted. Dr. Charles Seppard has also provided a comment for this study. Thank you for listening to this audio recording of the weekly research roundup. I will be back next week with the next instalment.